Welcome to TMI Today with Rita Bocuzzi and Jen Lee. In this podcast, there is no such thing as too much information. We are diving into all of the taboo topics from money and careers to relationships and parenting to whatever else we've been too afraid to discuss as women. Listen in and join the movement as we raise each other up in our everyday lives. Hello, everyone, and welcome to TMI, where TMI, too much information, is never too much information because it stands for today's motivational insights, and we get to have fun with our guest, who's already (laughs) giggling if you could only see her, because she knows me too well. That's part of the problem, or part of the joy in this all, because we're here today. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I with? Um, I'm Mama Rita, also known as Rita Bacuzzi, and I am here with Jen Lee. She is our financial stress relief attorney extraordinaire. So if you're ever in a pinch and you need somebody who's really going to connect with you and help you along a tough time in your finances to get you to the better time and see the light at the end of the tunnel and connect with that, that is Jen Lee. You're going to want to reach out to her. And I'm Mama Rita Money. I'm all things money especially safe money to make you earn it, grow it, keep it. And today we, I, I don't even know how to do this introduction in the sense of, you know, we get to share TMI is today motivational insights, and this is near and dear to my heart. So I'm going to, you know, I get excited about a lot of things and I'm going to say, I'm actually excited about this, but there's an aspect to this is very, very personal. It's a very personal share. It's a very personal share from a very special guest. Um, sorry, I'm getting like almost get teary-eyed. <laughs> because when you go through tough times, you get to share. When you get come out the other side, how do we do it? And I feel so blessed that I have my daughter-in-law, Rebecca Bocuzzi, here with the joy of our lives <laughs> at this point. Antonio. Uh, so you may hear baby sounds in the background. Um, and that's the joy at, at the end of the journey, right? And I'm going to say for Becca, it wasn't such an easy journey. And there's a topic we're going to talk about today that's hard. Um, It's difficult. It's challenging. And I am using all those words. I always teach never use those words unless they are. And this was, and I'm talking about postpartum syndrome. It's a real thing. And I know a lot of people discount it or do say that it's not. And Becca and I, I, I'm just so thankful, Becca, for you being here today to share a message that's so vitally important and really life-saving for people who need to hear it and how we got through it together and um, just that journey. But you know what, Becca, I want you to share, besides being my fabulous daughter-in-law, can you imagine a daughter-in-law and a mother-in-law getting along? (laughs) 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 So, and we have fun doing it, poking fun at each other. Do we agree on everything? right but that's what makes the spice of life do we respect everybody and each other in every aspect of it 100 yeah so becca thank you for being here um and i have the utmost admiration for my daughter-in-law i was talking to somebody about you this morning just so you know becca and i was saying you know what being a special education teacher takes a special person Like I talk about being saintly on earth, 
And it, it really, every special ed teacher in my book is a saint walking this earth because to raise really, because you are raising other people's children for them while they're going to work. Sometimes I, like, I know going to work would be way easier. Um, so, you know, and then here you're having this journey where you're bringing your own baby into the world. And what does that look like? So I want you to just um, maybe say hi and share a little bit about you, um, whatever you want to share in the world right now. And then maybe from that, just kind of share how you got to through the, to that journey that you had to go through and how you, you know, how you got through it. And I'll probably sure. ask questions, Jen might, and we'll just have this be a conversation amongst us girls to share with the other girls in the room, the world that need to hear it. So welcome. <laughs> And you know what? I may need to get up here yeah. and there just if he gets a little bit fussy. He's getting close to nap time and he's being a <laughs> trooper. No worries. He's being a trooper. But um, yeah, I, I guess I'll start from the beginning. I had a fairly uncomplicated and easy pregnancy, all things considered. Mm -hmm. um, I carried very well. I actually lost weight, which was, you know, nice <laughs> <laughs> then by the end of it I was getting very uncomfortable a lot of pain he's a mover and he was a mover when I was pregnant he was constantly kicking yeah. oh my gosh I was always being kicked and I wasn't sleeping and I was in pain and it just I could tell I was ready whether or not he was ready I was ready so <laughs> Um, the day of my due date, I went into the OB's office and he asked me if I wanted to induce. And I'm like, yes, yes, please. Let's go to the hospital and induce. Um, so we went to the hospital. Con I was already contracting off and on, but they gave me, um, I think it's called Cytotec to mm -hmm. start effacing. Um, and they were going to give me that gradually within a 24 hour span, but it only took one dose to fully efface. Mm. And then I started dilating and contractions were getting very frequent, like two minutes apart, very intense. So I got the epidural, love the epidural. I'm a big fan of the epidural. <laughs> and um, and you know labor stalled at that point and I labored all night I kept changing positions and ultimately they told me yeah I, I know you remember <laughs> they told me that um we could continue trying but the best option would probably be to have a c-section which made me really nervous. I cried. I I was real. I was ready to push. I was ready to do the work. I was ready to tear. I I was ready for it all. But um, that was not what happened. So I I got. I know it's a sad story. <laughs> I, I got taken from my husband, and I went into the operating room. And was just shaking so badly from the epidural and from just the terror oh, that, you know, all of it. Mm -hmm. I, I always say that this is a trigger warning for people that, you know, have birth trauma, but when you have a C-section, you're not fully numb. 
you can actually feel the doctors poking, you know, they're going to say you're going to feel some pressure, some pressure. So it feels like someone's pushing on your stomach when they're inside of you. Mm -hmm. They're inside of you taking parts of you out. And that, that was the part that I really wasn't prepared for. Mm -hmm. I knew that it was going to be a possibility, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't fully prepared for it. And then I heard the cry and I, I didn't feel like I could fully enjoy that moment because I was so scared. Mm. Yeah. So mm. he came out, he was healthy. I told my husband, we, you know, we talked about the possibilities and I said, you know, no matter what happens, stay with the baby. So that's what he did. He stayed with the baby. And then I felt like I was alone again. Mm. So when we got home from the hospital, I didn't realize the full extent of that trauma until I was scared to be away from my husband. I was scared to be away from my baby. I wasn't sleeping Mm -hmm. because I was just scared to be away from them. And they would tell me, take a nap, go we got it, take a nap. And I couldn't take a nap. You couldn't turn off your brain. Is that what I I was terrified? I was just just scared. Okay. I was just always scared. And it was, Rita, you might remember this when mm-hmm. Nona and Theo Frank came over mm-hmm. to say hi to us and say hi to the baby. I sat on that couch. Yeah. Like a shell of a person. Yeah. She looked catatonic. Yeah. Just, I, yeah. I, I was sitting, I was <laughs> leaning like this. Like I didn't even have the strength to hold myself up. Yeah. And then I realized like something is wrong. Yeah. I, I like, do remember, like, I remember, I remember. So the, from uh, the mo- the mother-in-law's perspective and Avery's wanting to get in the view. That's pretty yeah, cool. Hi, Avery. <laughs> for cat lovers, <laughs> just for those of you that get to see this. <laughs> so what ended up um, from my perspective, you know, I'm seeing this from the outside and not, you know, I've delivered and had C-section by the way, you know, it's like she went, there's differences in everything that's happening nowadays. Mother's going through um, COVID, right? And so there's this isolation there. And then the other thing that I that I felt that I noticed is that whole last month, she had not been sleeping, right? Mm-hmm. So if you think about sleep deprivation on a person who's healthy, right? And working, you already are in a state, we're not even talking about dealing with emotions, and then when you talk about it long-term over 30 days or a month, mm-hmm. and then you get into labor and uh, for anybody that knows and goes into an OR, you are not sleeping. It is not quiet. A hospital is not a place. It is not a resort. It right. is they're trying to. I heard not- other women giving birth. Oh, screaming in other rooms. So yeah, and it was so exciting. People, like- you need to be prepared for these. Yeah. Things. And so. Here she gets to the delivery and then she gets home the first night. So now also visitors cannot go see you. They can only mm-hmm. have the father and one other person. Um, so we got to see the baby the day he came home and Becca as well. And I could see something wasn't right. I knew she was absolutely, both of them were completely fatigued and tapped out, including my son, right? So the partner, because he's not sleeping because she's moving for a whole month, right? He's stressing and worrying about her. Mm-hmm. So this actually isn't just affecting Becca. It is affecting my son, obviously Becca greater. And my son doesn't know how to help Becca. None of us really do. Right. Um, so that's kind of hard. I did see that first night. So my first thought was, 
you know, do you want me to spend the night so I could spend some time with the baby? Uh, and at first she was like, no, I got this because she really wanted to try hard. And then I got to see her a couple of days later and I'm like, do you want me to spend the night? And my, like she said, my brother and my mother noticed that she was in a pretty serious state as did I. And I asked the question. And so this is for, you know, going from both perspectives, what I got to do was I went from saying, do you want me to uh, spend the night to, would you be okay with me spending the night? Right. Yes. Because she didn't want to impose on me. And that shift in the words, she was like, if you'd like to, that's okay. So this is the other thing that I like really commend Becca for that even the fortitude or strength to say, yes, I need help. Yes. Even if it's just a, yes, I'll let you stay. Right. Right. Not knowing what's possible or what we could do. Mm -hmm. um, so that was super big. When she said that, I, I also knew that there was way deeper problem. The one thing I get to share with her is that she doesn't have to do it alone. So to all the mamas out there, new mamas, the phrase, <laughs> the phrase, I'm watching Antonio raise his hand to this one. Um, it takes a village. Is It does take a village. So Becca and I talked about, hey, pre-postpartum planning. Not that you plan to have a postpartum problem, but in case you do, right. there should be a cheat sheet. And that cheat sheet should include a whole village of people that you or your spouse, you know, if you're single, you, especially if you're single, do going through this process, a village of people that can help you with different things. Call up and ask them ahead of time before you get there. And keep that list with their phone number so that you can hand it to a nurse. You can hand it to somebody if you can't do that. Um, so, you know, I got to be there and I knew I started to call on my village because we didn't know this beforehand. So who's in my village? A postpartum coach. You know, we talk about coaches all the time, right, Jen? Mm -hmm. Postpartum coach, postpartum therapist. Uh, your doctor, the pediatrician, if you already know it, who the pediatrician is going to be. Um, parents and family. So it's not just in your household. Friends, people from church, whatever. Start to do that trigger list. Write them down. Get their numbers down so that people can connect and tell them ahead of time. It works better that way because we ended up on a holiday weekend at one point and we were needing help. And it was more trying to get people that were around. So, you know, if that happens, that's another point. Like if there's a holiday coming around, find out who's staying in town. That can be your contact. Um, so Becca, you know, with all that, like when we go back to that time and Jen, if you, do you have any input? Like, I, I like to make sure everybody, cause this is like how the minds meet and almost mastermind about it. Did you have any input or other than that's it's good to share all the stories. Cause I think we all have an individual story of what happened, but hearing some of the things and also planning ahead. I, I didn't know what to expect either when I had my first and it was a traumatic experience. So I think just knowing that it could be traumatic would have been helpful. So I, yeah. I agree that this is all good stuff to share. I get that people want to protect us from things and we won't understand full impact and we got to go through things, but if right. you know to have a line of support or, hey, you know, this, like you described, the poking around would 
feel right. weird um, and unnatural feeling. It's not painful per se, right. but it doesn't, it may disconnect you from the feeling of what's happening. And, and that in and of itself mentally is a very hard challenge to go through. So, you know, so we did get some of the things in place, you know, Becca, I'm wondering like for you, what were, what did you find the most helpful and what were the things that were the, like, that people thought might be good to help you with? Because I know nobody wants to talk about this, but if people don't know that it's not good, then they don't know what to do. And that's kind of like the scariest, that unknown. And so the helpful person trying to be helpful, but not really being helpful. So share with us some insights maybe around some of those well things. When I first realized that something was off, mm -hmm. I was like really desperate to find a solution. Mm -hmm. I was calling postpartum hotlines. Mm -hmm. I was using some of the resources that Rita shared with me. She shared with me a um, life coach named um, Tanya who helped me out a lot, who got me, she actually got me in touch with a social worker at Cedar sinai who then got me in touch with an outpatient therapy intensive program specifically mm -hmm. for postpartum mothers so i did that for six weeks three times a week three hours a day very intensive therapy going through trauma going through post-traumatic stress going through um grief because you do grieve when you become a mom. Mm -hmm. You grieve what you've lost. You you haven't just gained a child. You have lost things. Mm -hmm. So it that was incredibly helpful for me. I also did get prescribed Zoloft by my OBGYN. Mm -hmm. So I've been on that since Antonio was two weeks old. And that wasn't without controversy, correct? Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you I, know, I was, you bring there, there, medication is not something that I ever want to toy with. I have a very long history in my family and in my generations of addiction. Mm -hmm. So that was not something that I took lightly and still don't. Mm -hmm. um, so those were all the things that I found helpful. Um, the most helpful thing for me was um, anyone who was willing to take care of Antonio. Mm -hmm. That's still one of the most helpful things for me, just because it gives me a break and helps me feel like the person that I was before he was born. Mm -hmm. Poor little what? thing. He's trying to stay awake right now. He's <laughs> freaking swing, just looking at me like, mom. Come on, mom. Over. So one of the other things that I want to hit on the point and is, so when I say that without controversy is not even just your background, like even with your OB, right? Your primary OB wasn't really on board with that as far as the, like, so into like you were breastfeeding and then going on medication. Some people have that concern. So we really, I think what I want to get to the point is that the 
the you really have to find an OB that is okay with that and a therapist that's okay and experienced with that. So that's another thing to add to the list in case yep. it is essential because, you know, again, I don't take it lightly either. You know, medications can create uh, side effects. I'm I'm a, I'm a super sensitive person, so I have to avoid as much medication or anything in my body at all costs because of reactions that I tend to have to pretty much every kind of medication. Um, so to find the right physician. So if you, if someone suggests something, have more than one consultation so that this way you can make your best decision around your story, because each one of us is individual. So I, I like that point as well. Um, I think it's also really helpful when you are in such an emotional state to make sure that you have an advocate. Mm. Yeah. To make sure that there is someone very close to you. Like for me, it was my husband mm -hmm. who could be the voice when you have trouble finding yours. Mm. Yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah, I love all of these points. I hope, you know, I don't know if you have any other thoughts that you want to share around this that might be any tips or any thoughts before we kind of go on. And I'm going to ask Jen the same thing. Um, so that this way, really, there's three of us here thinking about this same topic and how we can best serve and help and support by sharing through our experiences. So any other last thoughts about that? Yeah. Um, well, recovery is not linear. Mm. You are going to have moments where you backslide and you start feeling anxious again, like I did this weekend. Mm -hmm. I started feeling anxious about his feeding and his sleep. And after I thought that I had made such progress, but I still am making progress. Just because you have flare-ups doesn't mean that anything is lost. It just means you're human. Absolutely. That is, yeah, the humanness of it all and um, allowing others to help you is super impactful. And I really appreciate that. Um, the I thought of one more thing that I wanted to share as advocacy. And of course, in true nature, <laughs> it has fleeted my mind. But as we think about it and when we post this, then you know, we'll we'll see what other information, any other tidbits that you know we add, or for anybody that's watching this or listening to this to share, because uh, I know what it was. See, it always comes back just in the right time the sleep piece, right? Because when you talked about advocacy, uh, many people, there's night nurses out there. And if you're able to have that, hopefully someday, maybe even insurance will cover part of that because really getting sleep, like a, it's almost this full circle thing is making sure you are healthy. And you said that Becca, making sure you connect with who you are. Uh, maybe friends, that, it's not just about taking care of in the, uh, like a, a babysitting for the sake of, uh, you know, the mama going to a doctor's appointment, but maybe so that mom and dad can go out and connect in their relationship. Uh, maybe so that mom and dad can go and connect with their friends again and getting that semblance of self again, so that you can come back and be amazing for the child. And if night nursing is possible, it's, uh, you know, every friend that tells me about night nursing, um, loves it because they help babies sleep train, which helps you get again, more sleep so that this way you can flourish 
and and go out and have fun, right? Um, and be you and be human and and enjoy the baby, enjoy, let other people enjoy that love your baby that you know and trust love on him because then or her that so that they get all those experiences so jen before i ask becca the question <laughs> or if you want to ask her the question any any other thoughts no i just appreciate i just appreciate you sharing because i think that's the most important thing is talking about this so people are aware of it so i really appreciate that but the, the final question is so what's one fun fact about you that you'd want to share with the audience? Oh, geez, Louise. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. I have so many things that are fun. Mm -hmm. My favorite is that, oh my gosh, I forgot what song that she sings like a rock star. Oh, um, karaoke queen. <laughs> she's a karaoke queen. <laughs> She, she has an amazing voice, amazing singer. So yeah, cool. we'll have to have her uh, uh, on something else. Maybe we'll create some kind of fun session. She'll have to belt one song out for us. <laughs> that would be awesome. So, all right. So until then, you know, make sure you take care. Self-care is so important. Self-care is not selfish. Uh, and, you know, as opposed like mamas going into pregnancies, mamas in you know, in this journey, maybe immediately postpartum and several months out, make sure you go and you have fun and take care of yourselves emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally, and even on the financial side, getting prepped ahead of time so that you know that some of these incurring costs so that you, those aren't triggers to trigger you so that this way you can go out, have a glass of wine with your spouse or your friends and have fun and enjoy motherhood and each moment with your child. Thank you so much, Becca, for sharing today. Thanks. Say good night, Antonio. <laughs> good night, Antonio. Bye, Antonio. <laughs>